Hi everyone, and a very warm welcome from myself, Joseph Grech, on our latest episode of the podcast, Coaching in Focus. I am super, super excited today because I am joined by the very amazing Ags Galand. Ags, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really cool and very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making a bit of time for joining us today and sharing some of your expertise in relation to a very interesting topic about mindful aging and coaching. To give you a bit of background as well in relation to Ags, Ags is a nutrition and health coach. She's currently based in New Zealand, although I know that Europe is her home and we hope to see her again here very, very soon. Um, (laughs) She's an alumni of Become, um, she's had our diploma with us, and she's also one of our mentors as well, supporting other trainees. And as I mentioned, we're here to talk about mindful ageing, coaching, and nutrition, and how that can support people, and also explore Ag's experience working in this space. So maybe as a starting point, Ag's, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and about what you do. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. And I think you did, I mean, you did um, do a good job already. So I'm a nutrition and health <laughs> coach. I do have a few different certifications under my belt, but I think the recent one added to my resume, let's say, is my master's in personalized nutrition. So the idea of of me working in this space is really combining coaching, combining that approach um, on one-on-one coaching and group coaching together with that nutrition knowledge and nutritional therapy coaching, uh, which I am absolutely passionate about. So that's for me, hopefully going forward. I'm in my last year of training. Uh, it's been a long journey, but very exciting. And yeah, at the moment, I'm based in New Zealand, as you said, and it's been lovely to explore this side of the world. And who knows, one day maybe back to, you know, a little bit closer to civilization. But for now, um, <laughs> this is home. You might have guessed I am quite passionate about healthy aging and um, kind of midlife and what does it mean to all of us and how to make it more intentional and more mindful. Let's start with that, maybe. Let's start with this idea around mindful aging, um, what it actually means why it's relevant today. Yeah, this concept is, I see aging as one of those things that it's very certain. It's one of the only certain things in life that we will all age at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will all, you know, not to make it grim at the first five minutes of the podcast, but then we all die at some (laughs) point. But yet we we know so little. So it's something so unavoidable, but we know so little and we, um, a lot of the times, quite fearful of it. Maybe we resist to talk about it. Uh, A lot of the time we may be in denial you know, with things like puberty or childhood, every stage, we really embracing it and we really put attention to celebrating it and to making a point of, you know, going through different stages of life. However, mm-hmm. when we get to midlife or when we, you know, kind of pass the 40, the 50, the 60, that kind of celebration is not, mm-hmm. um, you know, nearly as present. And, and actually it starts to almost like tip into the other way. In today's world, I guess the way the way I view it, because we also rushed, you know, we're going through our 20s, which are fun, then we're going into 30s, which are also fun, but also a little bit more responsibilities, then we're going into our 40s, and, you know, everything adds on, right? Whether you have a family or not, whether you study extra thing, or whether you, you know, working two jobs or not, depending on what your lifestyle is and your choices are, we just all have so much on, and... We really, we really kind of really stop and pause and think about, you know, age, what are the choices I'm making, 
What are the choices that serve me? What are the choices that do not serve me anymore? What does it mean for me to, oh, you know, like I have a few aches here and there. Uh, maybe, you know, does my lifestyle need to change? What does it mean for me that I see my first, you know, or five or, you know, 500 first gray hair, all sorts of things, just kind of rushing through life and, you know, neglecting those experiences. And and I think mindful aging as a concept for me is really kind of encouraging that slowing down a little bit and um, maybe reflecting um, and learning to see it as a part of life, as a part of that something that will, you know, unavoidably happen and 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 decide for yourself, how do you want to approach that? Uh, whether that will be through that denial or resistance or do I have it in me to embrace it? Or if not yet, what are some steps that I can maybe take towards that to make myself, you know, enjoy that part? It's still so much life ahead of us. And and there are some ways that we can make it, um, make it, make it enjoyable and it doesn't have to be crazy, you know, that doesn't have to be as wild or the same as you as it was when you were 20 or 30. Um, it's just about approaching this process a little bit differently with more maybe self-awareness. So the benefits of this, are they about being more aware, making choices that we want to make rather than just aging without noticing? And then perhaps in our 70s, realizing that we didn't make those choices in our 40s, 50s and 60s that perhaps you could have wanted to. Is that mm-hmm. is that what it is? Is that part of it? Yeah, and it, it is part of it. And it's also making, I think for me, a big part of that kind of mindful aging concept is also looking into how do we want our years to look ahead of us? Mm-hmm. Um, there is this concept of lifespan versus health span, for example. Okay. So those are some years that, you know, lifespan is really the number of years that someone will live throughout their life, right, from birth to death. And then you have health span, which has really been on, I guess, out there as a concept very recently, if you follow or if you're in this sort of area. But it's really just number of years that someone is healthy, without mm. any kind of disabilities or chronic diseases, et cetera. And that, you know, just because our lifespan, so the years we live have been extending, our health span, sadly, as a society have been, you know, declining. And for me, when I think of mindful aging as well, this is that concept of how can I make choices now that will mm. help me to extend that health span? And that may include physical health around, you know, how we how we walk when we're 70 or, um, you know, what can I do now that I'm able to walk when I'm 70 or what we eat now and how is that going to affect my health going forward? Um, and there can be concept around mental health, right? Mental and kind of well-being, cognitive yeah. health. And that's super important as well. So I think there's a lot to it, but definitely that self-awareness is is that first step as with anything to do with, you you know, with coaching and getting one yeah. one another. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, that's exactly what I was thinking, how nicely it bridges this idea around nutrition, health, physical health, mental health, mm-hmm. and key mm-hmm. aspects in coaching practice, such as elevating somebody's self-awareness. And I can really see the link between the two areas. Do yeah. you have maybe any any stories, any examples from clients who you've worked with that mm-hmm. have benefit from coaching for mindful aging? Mm-hmm. I do have some, and there are a couple of, I guess I see a few different 
themes that maybe pop up typically mm-hmm. when clients come to me and we, you know, that topic comes. I do work with and not only, but predominantly women. So there yeah. is a lot of discussion and coaching around, you know, perimenopause and around mm-hmm. that mindful midlife. There is so yeah. much that changes for women around, you know, kind of 40 and up. Um, and, you know, it's not only talking about all the kind of society expectations and beliefs that we've grew up with. Um, it's also, you know, how just life changes, you know, like with all the different responsibilities, as we mentioned, with all the different extra agendas and things. And it's just life is really busy. Um, so a lot of women on top of that experience that whole Yeah, different symptoms, body changing, body image changes, um, you know, different beliefs potentially that comes with things like lack of confidence and maybe different levels of self-esteem. So there is a lot of there's the theme around that and potentially how do we embrace that or how do we maybe first it's not even embrace that it's first to acknowledge that right that accepting acknowledging this is what's happening, then making a choice, how do I want to make it different. And what are some choices that I can make towards that and then potentially learn to maybe embrace it or learn at least to accept that and 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 try to work with it or try to live around it? Because, again, as we said, it's unavoidable. And there is also that other theme that it's, you know, people do realize, hey, this is what's happening. I'm already proactive around some stuff. I just don't know exactly how to change it. I maybe struggle with some of the beliefs I have. Or maybe I need some actual practical, you know, like we're talking just literary coaching around, you know, your routine or your practices. What what are some things that may need to change for you and your life to reflect certain, you know, maybe lifestyle changes? Maybe there is something, you know, around your health issues or well-being issues, maybe your capacity to, you know, or resilience. So we do, so there is almost like two different sides to it or themes. That's the kind yeah. of denial. And I, I don't know what's going on, but I think something needs to change. And there is also that awareness already where people are like, okay, I think I'm there. I just don't know still what to do with it. Right. Which again, kind of reiterating, Mag, that is kind of so core in coaching practice, right? One is around working in relation to the mindset mm-hmm. of the individual. And then the second kind of stage, you're talking about actions. Once the individual is aware of their beliefs or things that they want to change, how they're going to implement that change. Mm-hmm. You also you said you said you uh, you study nutrition as well. You're doing your MSc, and nutrition is often a concern as people age as well. So, how do you incorporate nutrition guidance into your coaching as well? And that's a really good question because it is it's tricky <laughs> in a way that it is different. Um, the the style of I guess nutrition advice or nutritional therapy that I will fully be practicing as of next year is personalized nutrition. So we Mm -hmm. do take into account people, particular genetic makeup, people, you know, health history. Um, It's not like a cookie cutter, um, you know, diet or approach that people can get from the internet and just follow. It is really personalized. It takes a lot of effort to implement, to, um, you know, uh, work with people, to um, arrange it for them, etc., but so kind of almost divided into two different, I guess, how I do it now and how I will do it going forward. But at the moment, um, because nutrition is almost like the field that you, you know, if someone doesn't know <laughs> about, yeah. you know, potential benefits of certain, you know, fruit and vegetables and how food can be medicine for them in, in yeah. their particular setting or in, in their health condition, it's really hard to maybe elicit that 
you know, response and ask them for answers um, as coaching would do, because, you know, if they don't know, they probably don't know. So it's that kind of that knowledge and mentoring piece, uh, which is so different to coaching. Um, So I typically would, you know, again, be very upfront with the clients and, you know, set agreements around how do we, you know, how the coaching sessions or how the program will look and how do we address certain things that there will be elements of, you know, coaching where I wouldn't be giving advice and I wouldn't be telling you certain things around nutrition. And there will be also sessions or parts of the sessions where, you know, I will make it clear that this is now we, you know, discussing particular elements of nutrition or your diet, etc. So it's just around making that quite distinct for the client so they know that there is a difference and yeah. and seamlessly kind of incorporate them into the program and you know everything is always tailored and individualized so some clients would be happy to work with more of you know around the coaching side of things maybe they know their knowledge is already quite vast and they quite happy to actually be challenged and to um be coached rather than mm-hmm. actually maybe learn and some others will be, you know, on the opposite spectrum. So it really just depends on on where where people at. And going forward, um, that's something to be to still be decided. But I feel like it probably will be more focused, maybe potentially having separate packages or um, separate offerings for people, so it can be even more distinct for them. To yeah. you know, if you just really require nutritional therapy with a limited coaching scope that's an option or we can do, you know, wider coaching scope, which I still believe they complement each other so beautifully um, because there is, you know, nutritional therapy or nutrition is just a change in general, behavioral change. And I I almost cannot view it now without coaching. Um, So um, so they really go well together. It's like, I know that, for example, I need to eat certain foods, but I might not be eating them, right? So like, sometimes if if I'm in that space, it's this idea around coaching is not a, a learning method for absolutely everything. So for example, somebody might be really clear in relation to the nutritional benefits of eating healthily, um, practicing certain habits, but they're not doing it. And that's when coaching becomes quite useful, addressing mindset, because they have the knowledge. But it's how how do you support somebody actually do that behavioral change, as you mentioned? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's a lot around, you know, from what I see at the moment, you know, a lot of it is, you know, around the mindset piece. You know, we know, mm-hmm. we, we, we typically smart humans, we know what's good for us, you know, the when we think and when we step back, the principles are very, very simple in a way, you know, it's not about biohacking and doing crazy diets and miracle foods and superfoods and all that. It's just, you know, it's a few simple principles that we probably all know, Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's around that behavioral change and it's around, you know, obstacles that, you know, what's standing in your way, what needs to happen here that it will be different, you know? Um, And I think those are some questions that some people are good at answering themselves um, and potentially thought of themselves. And and in many instances, you know, many people um, have not thought about any of that and that's have been stopping them from making those changes. So I think you're right. Coaching is just um, fabulous for that. Yeah. Yeah. And is that kind of that challenge in coaching that we talk about where I can imagine working with the client and, and exploring this idea around, you know, you have this knowledge, you've tried things before things are not working let's kind of really explore what's happening here then just simply set some actions yeah for that pattern to be repeated again and then the individual exactly. doesn't complete 
Did you know that at Become, we offer a number of different coach training programs to people just like you? If you're new to coaching, there is a level one diploma in integrative coaching. If you've been coaching for a while, or perhaps you're already an ACC coach, then we have the advanced diploma in integrative coaching, which leads all the way to the PCC credential by the ICF. We also have a number of CPD programs and certificates, including mentoring and supervision. To find out more, go to tobecome.org or just check the show notes. The other thing that is coming to mind is around body image. Uh, you mentioned grey hairs earlier. I do have quite a few of those. Um, you can see them very <laughs> you well here. You can see mine, but, but they there too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they're in the thousands now. Um, but how do you support people navigate this change in perhaps in body image, self-esteem that comes naturally with ageing? Yeah, it does come naturally, doesn't it? And it is a big thing, especially, I mean, I don't want to, you know, kind of single out here woman, but especially for women in today's society, mm. it is a huge mm-hmm. thing for men as well. You know, many people just generally link their value um, and their worth to how they look and how they, yeah. how potentially people view them. And because aging has been seen as such a, I guess, concept of, you know, the youth is the desirable thing. You know, any decline is, you know, frowned upon. We we should always look a certain way. We should only wear, you know, this and this and have this sort of body or this sort of leg or arm or whatever. You know, things change. Our bodies change. That's something that will happen. So those are the sort of things that um, definitely are visible um, around that kind of population of, you know, 40 up where, where a lot of changes start to be, you know, kind of sneak up on us. We may not see them, you know, overnight, but one week or one day you just wake up and you're like, oh, well, I haven't seen that before <laughs> or you know like how many of you are here now um, so um, so it's definitely present and a lot of it is around you know that acceptance so acceptance there is a belief change um, that mm-hmm. may need to be shifted uh, or that may need to happen there is work around visualization or imagining it you know mm. there's work around a lot of you know a lot of the time we we do start at basics like around values you know yeah what are some yeah. values what's important to you um how calm is important to you where do you see yourself in you know five ten years or even you know we go further and like when you're 70 how do you want to look how do you want to move what do you see yourself doing mm. i think those are some sort of questions that we do explore um, within um, that kind of mindful aging coaching you know it does can help with that body image change it's a lot of work it is a lot something that again it's it's um you would know it too you know links so so many different beliefs and societal as i said expectations but it is something that can uh, absolutely be a part of the discussion and for some people it would be a huge chunk of uh, what we would talk about it's about strengthening your core, your real you, who's, you know, that kind of what's on the inside in a way. Mm-hmm. So because mm. that in a way can can stay, doesn't need to change. If you know what your values are, they can be a bit more constant as Absolutely. You know, the exterior changes. Yeah. Yeah. And we also, yeah. I feel like we, you know, as I said, like, it's such a fast, fast pace for many of us, you know, we kind of breeze through. It's almost like our 20s, maybe early 30s is like research we've been doing with our life. And then, you know, after that, the real game begins. And a lot of the times we just have not maybe had time to think about it. You know, what do I really want? What do I like? What am I choosing? You know, why am I choosing this? 
do I even like this? You know, those are some sort of questions that we can get wrapped up, um, you know, again, as we grow older and maybe we started to get more, you know, self-awareness and realize certain things around our behavior or our actions. Mm -hmm. And that can get confusing, right? This is the time where a lot of people kind of like to do that soul searching and, and maybe work with someone like, you know, yourself or myself to, to figure some stuff out. And I think it's very, it's very normal and it's very natural just because of that weird time of our life <laughs> it can also i'm reflecting on it so it can also feel that it's another choice another thing that we have to do so that's why i'm thinking about myself why i might push it away a little bit it's something else to think about mm-hmm. how do i want to be in five years time what can i proactively plan for my later years it feels like it's one extra thing on my to-do list but actually mm-hmm. it's a really important part of that to-do list yeah and the more that i kind of push it away the the less I'm um, I'm able to live authentically because I'm just kind of on this treadmill of life where I'm just kind of doing things again and again over and over without mindfully noticing and making choices around them. Yeah. So it feels like it's a really important part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be, you know, a lot of us are in denial, you know, like, oh, I have mm. time. Oh, I don't have to think about it yet. Oh, like, oh, aging, yeah. I'm still young. I still got it. But we I think a lot of us do internally feel like, hey, something's just not the same anymore. You know, the same tricks yeah. don't do the same trick. And yeah. you, uh, and I think, you know, if we do not spend enough time to maybe consider that or reflect on that, um, you know, things are, I'm not saying like, oh, things will just decline and start to go downhill from there. But that's mm. something that slowly, slowly chip away. And when we talk about mental health or, you know, physical health, even, I think there is this kind of concept in the healthcare in, you know, in, within healthcare in general, that it's easier, oh, I'm just going to treat it when the time comes, I'm just going to mm. treat it versus I believe, and I really kind of like the concept of prevention a little bit more, you know, instead of treating it when probably it might be too late or might be really hard or might be really expensive or whatever the reason is, what are some yeah. things that I may do? They're not going to cost me as in like money or they're not going to cost me a lot of time or energy. They're just little things that I can maybe try to start to incorporate now to prevent yeah. any of that going forward. And yeah. I think that's a way more powerful way to look at it in terms of our years ahead. You know, it's all kind of links up what I'm doing today. It will mm. have some sort of impact on what we're doing, you know, in, in a year or five years time um, and how we feel then as well and also sometimes because we're thinking about this from uh, as kind of not noticing these things but it could be that we don't notice them because we're so engrossed uh, into what we do i'm thinking kind of um creatively if we really enjoy something if we're passionate about something mm-hmm. we tend to work really hard towards it and we might not notice that our body is telling us to slow down a little bit because mm. we're enjoying the doing quite a lot Mm-hmm. But actually being mindful and saying, yeah, I love doing all of this stuff, but also let's listen to what my body is telling me around exactly. yeah. how it feels, what it needs, how it needs mm-hmm. to be nourished as well. Mm, exactly. And that comes with practice, right? Not everyone mm. is um, has that skill yet. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that we just need to learn to practice, um, to be able to pause and ask ourselves those questions. And, you know, what is it good for me now? I know yeah. that something was good for me a year ago or five years ago. Is it still the case? Like, how does it make me feel now? And just be able to, you know, 
reevaluate and see where you're at today. You may not be in the same place and you might be in a better or worse, like doesn't matter, but it's just that, that those little differences, as you say, paying attention to it. I yeah. think that's really what, where is at. Yeah. Yeah. So Axe, we're, uh, we're getting close to the end of our podcast. I, of course, want to thank you for being here. <laughs> but also before we do, I'm going to sneak in one last question. I know that a lot of our viewers will be interested in this topic. So I'm just wondering if there's individuals who might want to develop themselves further on this, either whether they're new coaches, or whether they're interested in nutrition. Mm-hmm. Are there any tips that you might share, perhaps that have helped you that can help someone else? Maybe let's give it a three or four quick tips. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like the one that I always love is, you know, knowledge. Knowledge Mm. is power and, and, and let's not be afraid of it. I think, again, going back to that denial and, you know, resistance about, oh, knowing and do I want to know how, what to do and that I'm aging, et cetera. Let's, it's going to happen, right? So how can right. I then empower myself to know once I know I can make better choices and that's just, you know, with everything in life. So I love, I love that as a concept. In terms of the resources kind of more into like people to look into or um, some, you know, books or et cetera, there are a couple of, I mean, there are so, once you dig into this area, there is actually, it's a lot going on. And I, you know, my master's was was very obviously academic and science-based and evidence-based. We, um, you know, we've gone through a lot of different, you know, research papers and studies and people. So there is actually um, quite a huge area um, in science currently in research that looks into healthy aging and, you know, from um, kind of genetic and epigenetic side. So that's something that people may want to explore if they keen maybe to to look into that physical side of aspect of aging in general. I think there is one that I particularly always go to. Doctor, it's a medical doctor. Uh, he's based in the US and he has a podcast called The Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is huge on, you know, healthy aging and he's very kind of into the whole idea of like, how can I even be better when I'm 70 than now that I'm, I think he's around 50 or so. Um, right. And he had a book out recently as well um, that is full of beautiful, um, you know, tips, not only on like physical health, but mental health and and stress resilience, et cetera. So that's, I feel like all of those concepts really add into to that mindful aging and help people to be more, you know, in tune with their body. And as we said, start to like become more aware and start to make maybe different choices if they decide to do that. Yeah, I think those are probably, I mean, there's heaps of so- books for women that I could recommend. <laughs> um, if you want, I'm happy to send you a list. We can add them to show notes, um, you know, kind of around midlife, etc. that are insightful. And again, very important for that knowledge piece and knowing what's mm. happening or what's going to happen for us. I think that's already, uh, you know, we can make choices from there and that's very empowering. Brilliant. We'll add them to the notes as well. And I'm sure uh, we'll add your contact details. So if anyone wants to reach out um, and have a chat with you directly, they can as well. Thank you for spending a bit of time with me. I know that our viewers would have got a lot out of our conversation today. It's a question that we get asked quite a lot about supporting people as we age um, through life. Wonderful. And and um, hopefully I get to see you on the podcast very soon as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was lovely to talk about it. Always keen to do that. So yeah, thank you for all listening Take and care. being interested in it. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.